We want to take a moment and give a shout out to our friends over at Stupid Rad Merch Company. Now, Stupid Rad is a great Midwest independent punk clothing and accessory shop, and it's also the official home for merchandise for bands like Red City Radio, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, The Bomb Pops, and so much more. They're also really big into wholesale, so if you're into enamel pins, if you're looking for shirts to get printed, these are the guys to talk to. Go check out their website now at stupidradmerch.com. You can save 20% off their line of Stupid Rad Merch Company shirts, accessories, and so much more. Place an order, use RADAR, R-A-D-A-R, as a special passcode at checkout. Not only will you support a great Midwestern independent company like Stupid Rad, but you're going to turn around and help support us with the On The Radar podcast. Get rad with Stupid Rad and be rad by listening to the On The Radar podcast. Welcome to another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast. This is the podcast that features music and artists and studio interviews and performances coming to, through, and from the greater Midwestern areas. My name is Peapod. You must excuse my voice. Uh, I am dealing with this week uh, some sort of just, you know, nasal, sinus, whatever issue. So I'm a little more raspier than usual, but very excited. We're at Bigfoot Studios in downtown Waterville. Mr. Travis Guyman uh, handling the controls. Very excited for you to join us in our first of our, well, at the time of this uh, recording, it's our first of uh, July um, you know, sessions and you know, a lot of things have been going on. So thanks so much for joining us. This man I've had an eye on for quite some time ever since he swung by the greater Northwest Ohio regions. He is from Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Americana folk punk singer named Ryan Kerr. Ryan, Good morning. How are you? Hey, great. How are you? Good. He's he's a little under the weather as well. So like yeah. this is the sick podcast and yeah. sick in multiple reasons. Sick as in you know under the weather and sick as uh, the the great conversation and performances we're gonna have uh, <laughs> on it. So very excited for you to come in and um, very uh, I, I love the style of you doing uh, and your storytelling. I've heard so much great things. Um, Kind of started around like what the early 2010s, uh, doing music and things like that, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Yeah, so I, I guess, um, in 2007, my wife and I moved up to upstate Indiana from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. And uh, when I moved up there, I didn't know anybody to play music with. I was playing with my buddy Alex Lewis for a while, we were trying to start a band, and then it just he was busy, it wasn't working out, so I started writing songs on an acoustic. And they were just joke songs at first. I was watching a lot of Clint Eastwood movies. And, <laughs> and then uh, I started... What's your favorite Clint Eastwood movie? I can't pick a favorite one. Oh, I so this is one of those just like the whole yeah, criteria? Yeah. Uh, I really like Hang em High. That's a good one. High mm-hmm. Plains Drifter is a really good one, too. But anyway, um, I was working at a, a coffee house in the evenings that had a lot of live music. 
And so I started playing some of the songs there, and then it, the rest is history, you know. That's awesome. 2011. I think February 2011 was the first tour, and uh, when we put out, when I put out the first split with somebody. So mm-hmm. at, at that point, it was that's kind of when I count it, I guess, as a starting point, launching point. What was one of the things that um, I mean, being from the from the more southern states and everything, uh, from Kentucky, you know, you're you're right there in the uh, in the heart and soul of like the country, the folk, the Americana, like that style of music. What gravitated you towards that? Yeah, that's that's difficult. I I didn't. I, I'm I'm a Yankee, really. I, mm-hmm. I I lived. I was actually born not far from here in Bryan, Ohio, mm-hmm. and then I, I lived in upstate Indiana. Until I was about eleven or twelve, we moved down to Kentucky, and so I, I and we moved back and forth quite a bit. So I've got like this strange mix of things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't listen to country music growing up. My mom hated country music, <laughs> and uh, we weren't allowed. My sister and I weren't allowed to listen to secular music. My dad was a pastor, oh. and uh, we I I grew up on punk rock and hardcore stuff from a lot of the Tooth and Nail records and Cornerstone. Um, events and then uh, I don't know I think I found Johnny Cash around the time that he died and I was like I, well I've heard a lot about this dude I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in but I I don't know if uh, I don't have a good answer for where folk comes from there's right. a lot of gospel I guess gospel okay probably is where is that uh, hodgepodge of, of music and you know coming from a secular you know coming from a religious home do you think that you gravitated more towards, you know, the punk and because of the message, because there's so much religion in your life, you, that was kind of your escape? Because that's how I felt when I started getting older, coming from more of a religious home and then got to a point where I started discovering more and more music when maybe even later in my life, like when I was almost a pre-teenager, when I'm starting to develop the, some, of the, some of the styles. So, so what was it about that type of music that you gravitated towards? Yeah, I think some of that for sure. It's just like um, I, I, you know, even though I, a lot of people they grow up in a Christian household and they uh, they really hated it. I wasn't that person. I, mm-hmm. I I think that there's a lot of really good stuff that comes from that, and there's a lot of really weird and some bad, depending on what side of it you're on. When when you're a pastor's kid, you kind of see all sides, right? And so um, I, I I don't know. If it was, there was always, there's always been a fair amount of rebellion in, in me. And uh, <laughs> I'm definitely a uh, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, I, but I was young, you know, I was 10 years old when I started listening to music that wasn't what my parents listened to. Mm-hmm. It was like my sister was a couple years older than me. She threw me a couple of CDs or tapes at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I went to Cornerstone Festival. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. Uh, it was a it was a big Christian music festival in Bushnell, Illinois. Okay. Uh, that that had a lot of punk rock and hardcore and just all kinds of different music on it. But I went there when I was eleven for the first time, and uh, I saw Zayo, mm. which was, was a crazy hard core band back in the day it's always funny to have the like you know the ideas of like super 
like religious, like hardcore heavy <laughs> groups. Uh, like it, it's more of like now in the mainstream music, they kind of like it's there's like kind of like they skirt by, you know, like Amberlin, uh, Demon Hunter, you know, Skillet, these name brand, you know, these big popular bands that have so much, you know, like Christian overtones that people may or may not realize. Right, right. Yeah. And so just seeing heavy music when you're that young, I think mm -hmm. there's just something about it that pulls you in and mm -hmm. there's no looking back so when you when you were growing up and you were you were discovering this music and everything and and you know what some of the other influences that you liked from the, the the punk rock and the hardcore and the music that you gravitated towards um i've always been a big fan of of performers that were there were performers you know, it's <laughs> like i definitely dig bands that don't really put on a stage show but there's something about a really good performer. Okay. And so uh, I think uh, I was, I don't know, probably 14 or 15 the first time I saw me with that you play. Wow. And uh, they're just performers, mm -hmm. man. And so I was really drawn in by that aspect. Um, I could, at Young, you know, there was already, there was a camaraderie mm -hmm. in that kind of music mm -hmm. that um, felt like, hey, there's, there's some kind of family in this or there's, there's something in this that I want to check out. I want to be a part of that. That punk and hardcore, uh, you know, pick up your brother and your sister, you know, take down whatever you knew. That, that, that's the message. That's at the, the right, heart of right, it. Right, right, right. So like when you're, when you're in a pit and somebody falls down mm -hmm. and, and immediately people pick them up, there's something about that that I wasn't necessarily seeing in the church, but I knew it belonged there at a young age. And it was like, I think, you know, automatically it was like, I'm starting to see more things that I saw in the New Testament, in the punk rock community, than I was seeing in the church at the time, and I, so I was I was really drawn to that. Do you think that just kind of pulled your feelings in because you you raised in such a church, which is like, you know, there's a lot of you know what what do, what denomination were, were you in the Christian home? I was a non-denomination. It was a non-denomination. Okay, so so when you go dive more into that world, if you are religious or not, or maybe you are, maybe you're not, and this is probably just you know simple thinking, but like different denominations have different you know strict rules on things like. I remember growing up, uh, and some people in my father's family, even though they were Lebanese and they came from another country and they came to the States, you know, they're still very, very uh, Christian and very Catholic and almost borderline Mennonites. And uh, uh, if you don't know anything about the religion, Mennonites are super hardcore on the, yeah, on, the right. on the rules and everything. But then, you know, growing up, we ended up moving to a Methodist church with a little bit more loose and things like that. So different religious sex and one one type of thinking and everything um what were you seeing that what was the line that you're like this is wrong like was there a moment that you realized that like maybe religion is not you know the answer to everything and you floated more towards you know what you saw where people were picking other people up brothers and sisters in the pit in hardcore in the punk scene what where was the moment or if you can remember mm. when you're like maybe religion is not fully the answer to everything. I I think that I don't know if that necessarily happened. I, I know that um, I think my folks did a great job mm -hmm. raising us mm -hmm. and and kind of towing that line. Mm -hmm. And they're definitely just playing the hand that they were dealt. You right. know, for me, um, I don't like keeping up with appearances. I never have, even right. like just as a little guy. And I didn't. I saw a lot of that right around me. Mm -hmm. In the, in the church environment, it's like, I know that these people don't act like this when they're at home. Why do they act like this when they're in this building, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't see that fakeness going on mm -hmm. in the punk rock community, although it is there. 
I, oh, just, yeah. I just didn't see it. Right. And I think that that's a lot of what drew me there. That's awesome. So growing up and then developing your skills and everything, what was the moment that you're like, I want to pursue music as a semi to full-time basis? Um, probably when we moved. I got a guitar. I got an acoustic guitar. My first one I bought when I was eight for five bucks at a, from a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my folks got me a nicer one when I was 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. I started playing that. And uh, then we moved, and so when so I didn't know anybody, and uh, it was just like okay, well I'm gonna play guitar all the time, and <laughs> and then uh, I just you know I started writing songs and going to shows. I mean I lived to go to shows in the summertime. That's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. You know it's like um, I you know when you go to a fest that size, I could go I could go there. It was it's a week long fest, and I could see 50 shows. You know if I timed it right. Oh yeah. And and so I just. I, I think that when you live and breathe something like that, it's just like, yeah, well, of course I want to do this when I grow up. Doesn't mean that I, I don't. I didn't know what capacity that would be in, mm-hmm. and I don't. I still don't, and don't really care as long as I can play. <laughs> Did you uh, meet your wife through some of these festivals and this music or anything? No, nope. I, we we uh, met in high school. Oh, that's awesome. How long have you been married? Thirteen years. That's awesome. And you're also a father of four kids. Yes. <laughs> how how is that? To hey, be man, honest, we're it, busy. It, I, well, I yeah. bet. I know it's uh, it, it, I, I've learned fairly recently that uh, parenting children and, 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 and helping them raise them is not as easy as it seems. I mean, nobody thinks that parenting is easy. And if you think that, then you shouldn't be having kids, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it, it, the, the trials and the tribulations and the frustrations and the, and the and hopefully this doesn't sound too negative because I don't want to scare people away who actually do want families. It's just like there's, it, you learn a lot about yourself. But oh, yeah. before yeah. even, you know, you see you, you hold that, that, that child. And I'm always amazed when I hold a newborn or a small child and see hands. Because the, the hands are the, the separation between animals and, and us. And it's just those little hands. And they're so tiny. They can wrap around your one small finger. And it's right. just one of those amazing things. And like, this is, the, this is an entity that transcends animals. That this is an entity that can do more, has the power to do so much, and I need to do everything I can. Um, do you think being a father and and all of those experiences definitely had a huge influence on your music? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, being when I guess when you're raising kids, that has an influence on everything that you <laughs> do, but specifically with music, um, it it fuels me in a new way. Uh, especially when it comes to DIY music, mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that it's really important for your kids to see you work really hard for something that you love, not because um, it gives you you know big monetary gains, right, or because it gets you cool points or um, it helps you along the way in any huge capacity, but just because. You're compelled to do it, and you, it's an important thing. I think it's really important for my kids to, you know, we have, when bands are touring through, they crash at our house, and, and it's a family thing. You know, my, my kids bake them cookies and draw them pictures and <laughs> get out board games. And, um, you know, I, I, think that it, I think that it's really important for them to see that there are a lot of different ways to live life. There's not just one way to live life, life and that's the society of our household. But there's there's tons out there. That's, and, that's beautiful. 
Yeah, so that really pushes me. Um, it's definitely changed songwriting as far as subject matter. Yeah. Uh, it definitely limits practice time <laughs> and, <laughs> and writing time. Um, what did you write about before the idea of being married and kids and everything? And then what do you write now? Well, you know, I, I was in high school before I got married. Right, I, We got married when we were 19. Oh, wow. So um, I wrote about girls, man. You know, what does any <laughs> teenage boy write about? I know you're right. Um, I wrote about girls and I wrote about being pissed off at my parents or my, you know, surroundings. And pissed off about girls? Whatever, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I still am. I'm always pissed off about something. So. <laughs> well, I think we need to be pissed right now. There's a lot of things around here that right. needs to be, we need to be pissed about. Right. So, uh, yeah, I wrote about that stuff. And um, then, you know, I started writing songs. I like to write story songs. I like mm-hmm. to be observational. I like to people watch and... Uh, I carry a journal with me, so if something strikes me, I write it down, and sometimes it turns into a song. And um, yeah, I I don't I haven't written many songs specifically about my kids, and I have one song, uh, a couple I have. Mm-hmm. I have one song called "I Got a Son" that is not about my son and, or about my experience with him. A lot of people think that it is kind of a violent song, so I just kind of put that out there as a disclaimer. <laughs> I do love that song, though. Thank you, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But uh, yeah, it changes everything. What's one of the things that you've written about recently? Just song-wise, journal-wise, anything um, that you care to share? Right now, I've probably got four or five songs that are not finished. They're somewhere in the works. Mm-hmm. And um, a big trend seems to be the time away from family. Mm. Uh, kind of road songs or retrospective songs i i don't think that there's a whole i don't want to put a whole lot of stock in that kind of thing right. um i don't want to be like super retrospective but at the same time i'm starting to you know think about the things that i've missed when i've been gone uh, i'm starting to think about whether or not that's the right decision um i'm pretty pretty solid on i'm, I'm pretty solid on yes it is it's a good thing and uh, you're you're gonna miss stuff no matter what you do. So, oh, yeah. but yeah, that's that's definitely something that's been rolling around in my head quite a bit. Do you feel like sometimes that you have like second thoughts about doing music uh, as a passion as a full time thing? I mean, obviously you you kind of have your nine to five, and, but the music is your art. The music is what you do, for, you know, to get you know your wiggles out, for lack of a better you know phrase. Um, do you worry a little bit about you know? You, putting it away to be with your father, uh, being as a father of four, or is that one of the balances that you've established so much in your life that it, you need to show that more. You have to show to your, your kids that you're you, at the end of the day, you are also a person with needs. Hey, all of that, man. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're at home, I think all you can think about is getting on the road again. When you're on the road, all you, you can come think home. about is like, man, I left, I should go home. <laughs> uh, um, I th- yeah. I still think it's important for my, Oldest two are are twelve and eleven now, and I, mm-hmm. I think it's you know they're starting to play music and they're starting to uh, read really challenging books and get these ideas and it's like I think it's really important for them to see that you know you only got sh- one shot at this thing and if you're not going to bed tired then what the hell are you doing you know That's so true. the Ryan Kerr family experience <laughs> you can use that name by the way <laughs> uh, do you th- have you taken your kids on tour. 
Uh, no, that's a real big goal of mine. Oh, you, so you really want to have them come with you? I think that at the end of the day, if I could take my kids, my whole family, on a run for a week, that would be. I would. I could hang up my hat at any time, and, awesome. and feel like, yes, I, that we've accomplished it. Do you, does your wife have any interest in doing music with you? No, no, no. But she's super supportive. That's awesome. I mean, she's she's incredible. That's I I, I love. It's incredible having incredible women and incredible somebody in your corner like that. That was the biggest thing that uh, that I I struggled self confidence issues throughout my life and um, uh, finding a real relationship. And I got into the dating world, you know, later in life. So, um, getting into and finding someone, you know, in a big relationship means like there's someone in your corner, you know, and I always had this, you know, idea of like a hand reaching out of the darkness and holding you up. And a lot of people at first would think that those hands are true. And you find out that a lot of people don't, you know, over time, you know, you know, mix well with others and, you know, certain people that you thought would work out doesn't, but, Finding that one um, is a beautiful thing. And I feel like the internet, um, in the, the greatness and terribleness that it is, kind of sometimes ruins certain things. And I, I feel like, and maybe maybe you can have an opinion on this, um, I always see like there's a big backlash on the whole idea of marriage, it seems, as of like Maybe it's just like the stuff and the circles that I'm seeing social media wise, maybe because I'm a little older, I'm in my mid thirties. A lot of the people I interact with or a lot of bands from the area are a little bit younger. They may not know, understand what's going on, maybe internet culture, whatever. Maybe I'm just taking it a different way, but it seems like there's a backlash of like the idea of marriage. What do you think? Like, and just new- like the people like are you know, almost certainly heavy and like almost proud to the point where they're like in your face saying, I'm not married. How dare you, you know, in cringe on my singleness or whatever like that. That's not something that I that I see in my circles. Okay, so maybe um, it's just me. So that's. I fine. mean, it's just number. Well, I don't put a whole lot of cloud in anything I read on social media. Well, true. That's true. I just it really is just kind of like a interesting point. I wanted to come out while while we we're talking about. I think that at others. A lot. Uh, people are definitely fewer. People are getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that personally, like. Having the state recognize your relationship doesn't mean a whole lot to me, mm-hmm. and never has. Um, if you don't have, you know, some sort of religious or you know higher reason for marriage than the state recognizing it, well, why do it? I, right. I guess unless uh, you know you really want the tax break. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's if the divorce rate is pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that the people that are pursuing it are really stoked about it mm-hmm. and it means something. You yeah. know, I was just talking to some folks that, you know, they've lived together for a long time, but they just got married. And I was like, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah, I, it's not really any different, but it's different, you know? Right. So, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that haven't been able to marry that are marrying now and really stoked about it, too. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, there's... I think that, I think that it's uh, that everybody's got an opinion on it. We'll say that everybody has an opinion <laughs> about a lot of things. That's a flea. I wanna be a man, more than 
man Don't want to have to have another conversation I cannot be your crutch Why do you have to fall? And if I pull you out Will you just be knocking at my door? My grandmother passed down sincerity My father taught me how to live passionately And I will teach my sons to live with hearts filled with love And to my daughters I will hand out compassion Plant a seed to sow And I work for what I'm owed The only thing I know Is I plant a seed to sow And I work for what I'm owed The only thing I know Is I plant a seed to sow And I work for what I'm owed The only thing I I plan to see the soul And I work for what I work for what I'm on oh, Yeah, I plan to see the soul And I work for what I'm on Oh, yeah, I plan to see the soul And I work for what I work for what I'm on Let's talk a little bit about the music. Um, of course, you have a couple of a handful of EP splits, and of course, the big one, uh, "Live Well," came out in 2016. Yes. Um, d- if I read if I read this correctly, you recorded that between three different studios. Did I read that right? Um, or like a bunch least, of different areas? Yeah. So, so the studio itself moved locations okay. during recording. Got it. And it, I think there was some tracking done in a couple of different locations, if I remember right. Right. I had a lot of friends play on that. Right. Uh, and I wasn't necessarily there for all the tracking sessions. Mm. So I'm, there, could, there very well could have even been recording done somewhere that I'm not aware of. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me a little bit about uh, Live Well and just like the ideas behind it. Cause that's your first foray yeah. in a full album sense. Yeah. So live well is, uh, is, well, it started out with, uh, me going to my good buddy, Robert Lugo or him coming to me, one of the two. And, uh, we're like, Hey, we should record some music. And, uh, 
I was just going to go in and record some straight acoustic stripped down stuff. And as we got to talking and jiving with one another, because we didn't really know each other too well at the time, uh, we just we wanted to make it something bigger than that. We mm-hmm. wanted to work on it together. And so we decided to do a full length, and we decided to add a lot of extra instrumentation on it than just acoustic guitar. Oh, about half the record is full bands. The songs that aren't full bands, most of them have other kind of percussive elements, bass, different rhythm section stuff. So it, it definitely grew. Um, and as it grew, it it it, it uh, didn't necessarily. So so at first we were going to we were attempting to do something like Old Sun Records, single mic on the drums, really kind of stripped down. Mm-hmm. And then as we started adding these other things, we had some limiting factors from the way that we started it because we couldn't really we couldn't separate any of the the drum kit to EQ it differently. Right. Or everything to, bleeds into exactly. everything. Yeah. And we did a single mic thing, and then we built all this music around it. I was like, oh, we kind of trapped ourselves here. So it was really interesting trying to figure out where the pockets were, how things fit together, um, editing yourself, limiting. Like It's like, I want to do this. This is a really cool idea. But if it doesn't work in this capacity, then that means you got to throw it out and figure out something else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you usually perform, you're you're mostly solo. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, I've got a full band that will uh, play fairly local shows with me. Um, not nearly as active as we were a couple of years ago. They got it was really, I got these guys together to play the the record release, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be one show, and we've played a lot more than one show. Right. So. I mean, uh, when at the time of this recording, you're wrapping up a, a run of shows with the band Weathered. So, how's that been going on? Weather is awesome. That's that's a band that I've heard a lot of good things about. That I Jeez, need, to, need to check out more of those guys on stage, off stage. They're stand up guys. I had, a, you know, like when you're the single person going into the environment that is a band van, mm-hmm. you never know what you're getting yourself <laughs> into. Um, and they they know how to be on the road. They're super chill. Um, you don't want like super high strung all the time on the road for right. sure. And even if you have that, you need something to balance it. And there's a really good balance in, in that, in that van. Um, yeah, they, uh, they do everything a band's supposed to do. They load in quick, they set up quick, they tear down quick, <laughs> they kill it when they're on stage. Um, they're super kind to everybody that they meet. And, uh, I, I loved being on the road with them. That's okay. awesome. Um, and the biggest thing that I, that was drawn to you, because I think I saw you a show at a show here, uh, in town, um, a few years ago and it was at handmade Toledo and it was oh, like, right it was on. you, I didn't know you were at the show. It, yeah, it was, it was you, it was outside and it was a couple of handful of other bands like shitty neighbors, shitty neighbors on it, on but I couldn't, uh, unfortunately we had to leave early cause my wife worked super early at the time the next morning. So we had to leave, but you know, I, the, the thing that gravitated towards you, uh, Ryan is, is like you said before, it's, it's performance. It's that you are one person, but your voice and your attitude and just, you know, you're almost somewhat in your face, in, in people's faces, not in a, in a, in an angry sense, just in a passionate sense. And that's something that drew me towards you and your music. 
Yeah, okay. Cool, I'll take that. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely, if I have the opportunity to get into somebody's personal space when I'm playing, I, I, I will take that. You like the DIY I, type of sense, like playing in people's living rooms and everything. Yes, I, and, and basement shows, lots of house shows. Mm -hmm. I certainly like playing clubs and venues and stuff, but, um, you know, I just, there's something about, you know, sharing sweat with somebody that makes it personal, you know? <laughs> and uh, and if you're, uh, if you're in close quarters, it just feels like you've, it feels like you've done something together, even right. though... It's because I don't want it to be a spectator sport, you know? Right. And so if we're in close quarters, if there are 30 people in a living room and we're kind of bumping into each other every once in a while, and it just feels like we've, we've done this thing together rather than people have watched me do something. You, know? you, you share a moment. Yeah. That, that level of like even keel, just because the idea of being a musician means like you're higher up on stage and it's a performance and you're almost kind of like the monkey dancing to the music. But in a DIY sense, is like it's just we are all people. We are all here. We're feeling everything out. I think it's really important, especially. I mean, it's becoming more and more important because we're doing less and less with one another, as as you know, social media is growing, and mm -hmm. we're staying indoors, man. We're staying in our houses, and uh, we're communicating with people through you know FaceTime, and all those things are really cool. And especially when you're on tour, I mean, I got to FaceTime with my kids today. It was awesome, mm -hmm. but. When we get together, let's be together. You know, yeah. let's let's do it. If we're in the same room together, put the phones away and let's have a conversation. Yeah, right. And so that in that environment, it's like, um, it's if if I if I can capture somebody's attention, mm -hmm. then and then we're we're all paying attention to the same thing at the same time, and that's like, um, this moment is important, mm -hmm. and let's not let's not skip over it. Let's be in the moment. Together. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that feel of it, and I, I and that's what, and I love the the art of the conversation is starting to become a lost art because of you know supercomputers in our pockets, you know it's nice to for for people that are across the country or not in town to see what I'm doing via social media, which is kind of cool and everything. We build connections, we build listens and things like that. And, you know, according to some of the listens, we have people all across the country tuning in, which is which is awesome. But the 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 sense of like. Me and you, you came from another part of place and we're talking in a room with, you know, a whole lot of cool instruments and the smell of wood on a hot summer day. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's that feeling you can't, you can't have on a computer. You can't have on a screen. It's like the, the emotion, the, the sound of the voice, the tones, everything like that's the emotion that we need more of nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny that you said the sound of the voice when I'm actually listening to your voice through a computer. Right now. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, if we, if we want to get super technical, we can take headphones off and see the sounds and everything. But um, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, all those things are, it's really important. I don't want to sound like some like old timer, get no. off my lawn. I hate computers. Like no. if it wasn't for computers, I want to have a job. Right. Um, and I work on them all the time and we make videos and we put them on YouTube and, uh, and it's like this, you know, that's part of getting paid now, which is crazy. Right. So, um, I mean, even if it's a small portion, it's cool that that's like, 
you're able to do that. And it opens you up for a lot of relationships that you would never be able to have. So right. it's all awesome. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of technology and I love the ideas of like things making things simpler and easier or streamlined. Or I've always had like a technological mind since I was little. Mm. Um, but it, it seems like as of late with like a lot of the technology and a lot of too much information out there and it's hard to weed through what's going on and the internet tone and everything. I've also rejected a lot of it and going back to the idea of like, Hey, sure. I, you know, yeah. if there's a, there's a discussion or there's a, there's an idea or there's something to talk about. I don't put my opinions on that on social media. I like to put it right. in person yeah. because sure. like I might have a different or an interesting point of view on things. And I have to tell people, I'm like, follow me on this. And then they hear my explanation. They hear the voice and they're going, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. If I put a, if I put an explanation like that on the, uh, on the internet, it's a big problem. I'm super annoying. Like even when like my friends get really irritated with me because even if it's like real talk, if it's like, uh, or anything that's just like, um, that could be taken the wrong way mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. I call them. And people don't like to talk on the phone anymore. Right, yeah. So, so they're like, man, why, like, why don't you text me? You're like, why are you answering my text with a phone call? <laughs> I was like, I just, you know, my wife says I sound like a jerk a lot. So, like, I just order a cheeseburger and in the drive-thru, and she's like, you know you sound like a jerk, right? And so I've got to be really careful about that, because apparently I sound like a jerk all the time. I probably sound like one right now. No, nonsense. <laughs> no, you're a super kind gentleman, and, and, and it's been... It's been fun so far, and we're, we're going to keep on going on. So with all these ideas and with Live Well Out and even you, I mean, you put it up on Bandcamp, but you just recently put it on the streaming services. Yeah. It's an interesting move. I mean, I, I mean, Bandcamp is, is a great place, and more you know, profits, more listens and everything go to the artists than on the streaming machine. Uh, but you were so, I think I saw something that's like you were so against putting on the streaming machine until recently. Why was that? I don't know. I put anything like that out there. <laughs> um, I think you I, put you put something on like it's like you know uh, uh, I think something around the lines of like against my better judgment okay, or like things like that. Like I put it up on the screen. So, yeah. So um, I, I love Bandcamp. It's a grassroots thing. <laughs> Man, I'm about grassroots. Oh stuff. yeah, absolutely. I, I work at a small company. I always have tried to work at small companies. Um, we homeschool. Like mm -hmm. I'm just, we're, I'm a grassroots dude mm -hmm. and Bandcamp fits right in there. Um, and, and they're super great. I mean, they're, they're just, they're, they're, it's awesome. Um, I put it on Spotify because, you know, I slept on Spotify for a long time. I, I still don't like pay for Spotify. I use the web version, which really is not that great at when I'm at work. That's about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a singles guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not a playlist guy. I love records. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that those are, those are really just the reasons that uh, I've avoided it. Not, not like, like I'm out to avoid this kind right, of thing. Right, right. No. Just like I didn't care. Right. But, you know, more and more people are obviously lose, using that platform, and I'm way late to the game on it. Um, and I just decided, you know, if people are – people are doing it here might as well have it here i don't know right not a whole lot of thought went into it i guess i mean i'm i'm the same way i'm like i'm a big fan of like listening to an album front to back but you know I, a lot of my work um when i don't do shows or things like that is is you know sitting at a computer 
partially data entry, partially, you know, you know, Photoshop work or web stuff and things like that. So like, I like the idea of having like just mixtapes cause I like the, the mix of things and the playlist, but sure. I don't actively try to search out playlists. I do whatever is generated on Spotify. I like the idea of like starting a record front to back and getting the physical copy of the record. I've had a lot of fun with the playlist thing now mm-hmm. that I like get it. Um, mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Duran Jones and the Indications? No, I'm not. They're a really great soul group mm. um, that's just like blowing up right now because I'm just incredible stuff. But like they, as a band, curate Indications, Inspirations, which is a playlist of right. the stuff that makes them tick. I think you gotta take what you get after you roll the dice. There's no use in second chance than another. Been trying so hard to forget, but his memories revolve in my head. Still not seeing Out of the back of that car after you hit your wife You said you sobered up but you were so drunk I could taste it And now all I wish I could do Is hug your children who won't hug you And tell them their lives are bigger than the man you deceive them so little without a single thought for the ones who were holding your shoulders so you could stand up we were under the neon you were crying wolf suffering something I never understood trading love for alcohol Wrapping things up uh, with your your run of shows. I mean, the the night of this recording, there, you have a show, a house show, at our shout out to the, the Holland House and the great DIY yes. val- venue uh, in in Northwest Ohio. Um, but what what else is on the horizon for Ryan Kerr? Um, the next record. Yeah. No, I have uh, some. I think dump tracks for nine songs or so. Some final. Uh, guitar stuff is done just kind of working on on what the next record's going to be i don't know that it's going to be a full length i haven't decided yet i think i'm going to do a longer ep 
with and man, I'm so like confused about what a full length is now because Kanye yeah. is like seven songs and that's a full length or something. So I don't know if it's just about duration or track numbers or whatever. I don't pay attention enough to figure that out. I guess. But I think an EP, like I've always, I've always referenced that an EP is anywhere from three to five songs. See, I thought that it was like nine songs or less. And, really? But that's I I could be completely wrong. I think there's like a middle air, middle ground, like a gray area of like if when an album is like seven songs, like six seven songs, like full songs, like intro. Yeah. I don't count intros or outros of, right. of of tracks. Like if it's full like songs, it might and it might be like thirty minutes of runtime as an album. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'd like to do. I'd like to do a record with a full band, and mm. it just be rock, like just a rock and roll record. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I've got the songs. Um, I'm finishing up a couple other songs to see which ones are going to be best for that kind of a thing. Uh, and then I'd like to follow up fairly quickly with a stripped-down acoustic release again. I like that. Um it's been three years. It was three years in February since Live Well came out. It's too long. But, man, there's lots going on. Busy guy. A lot of things and, going on in your life. And then, you know, with the band, it's everybody's, everybody's married. Some of them have kids. Everybody's got jobs. So it's like, man, playing music in your 30s is rough stuff. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Doing anything in your 30s sometimes is a rough stuff. <laughs> As we we cough and hack into the microphone, yeah, we can't laugh. <laughs> oh, everybody joked like a lot of my coworkers are older than me, so they joked it's like once you hit thirty, it all changes. And I'm like, whatever, man. And halfway through my, th I'm thirty three now. Okay. And so halfway through my thirtieth year, like I'm just like, oh fuck, they're right. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But it's 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 funny because like I I enjoy where I'm at now because like I I love I finally could say I love me, and that's that's hard for someone who's dealt with a lot of you know issues. Sure, and everything. That's a really good place to be. It is. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Twenties, man. I was never a fan of the twenties. You know, I uh, all all the time I was just like you know looking like oh my our thirties are gonna be the time. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be it. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. I think that's where that's where <laughs> that's where you finally develop it, like you fully, I'm, and also you just well, like stop giving a fuck. And I'm finally not working like two jobs plus odd jobs on the side. Like it's uh it's definitely a better place. Yeah, because like when you're working a day job and a night job. And picking up whatever landscaping jobs are around town, plus touring yeah. and raising kids, man, that's a busy, busy life. Yeah. So, I uh, I definitely appreciate where we're at right now. Yeah, I've also built an appreciation because um, uh, for we just wrapped up a good year and a half of uh, helping take care of um, my wife's uh, great niece because um, uh, she was five, just you know, dealt with some issues. So, like, I've also gained a, a very like. Man, raising one kid was hard. How the fuck did my mom handle four of us? Right. Like, I'm just like, you're <laughs> like, so I have a, like a better appreciation for like my parents even more now. I'm like, right. you, like, I understand the struggles. Like, but like, I never understand those struggles. Right. So like, you know, like being a father of four, a proud father of four, and like, you know, hearing the stories and hearing what you, what you guys do, what you're, you're, you're instilling this next generation is a beautiful thing, man. I think there needs Thank to be more you. people like that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. I don't. I certainly don't do it or talk about it so that it's a beautiful thing. Right. It's just it feels right. Yeah. You know, it's like parenting is all about gut. You know, there's mm-hmm. no. You're just making it up as you go, right? Right. And so, and maybe refining it from one child to another. But uh, it's really like, hey, my parents did this, and that seems like really cool. I'm going to do that. Or they did this, and I, that was really, like, I hated that, so I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're just making it up as we go, man. Like, every time I leave, Nicole's at home with four kids, you know? That, and my folks, thankfully, they live, like, a mile away. So they're very, very helpful. That's my mom good. does a lot of school stuff with the kids, too. Most of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, most of it. Um, and uh, she, my mom was an elementary school teacher when I was younger. And, oh, that's cool. And I don't think she ever got the closure on that that she wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, like, working with my kids gives her some of that, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, but, yeah, when I'm, when I'm gone, Nicole's, Nicole's holding it down. And uh, when I come home, I try to, I try to give, her, give her everything that she needs from me. You know, it's like we're just... Figuring out as we go. That's awesome. I, I do want to bring just one quick subject up, and I don't know how, how you want to feel about this, but like, what is with everything that's going on right now uh, on, a, on a social, political level, um, what are you afraid or what have you, what have you been trying to instill in your kids about what's going on? Like, we have literal kids in cages right now. Um, in, in, in America, in the place where, you know, we're supposed to be the place of freedom, you know, we're, we're in a place that, you know, that certain, certain things have been so corrupt and everything. What are you trying to instill in your kids about what's going on? I don't think that my kids, I'm sorry. I was away from the microphone. I was was thinking, I'm thinking that's uh, no, that's fine. I um, I don't believe that the shoot man. That's a big question. I know that's a that's a heavy question. So I apologize ahead of time. I'm I just going to shoot from the yeah, hip. Yeah, just shoot this. from the hip. So I don't think that the American populace can do a whole lot about that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we're represented correctly. I don't think that our votes matter for shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that what we can really do is affect the area around us, right? Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important not to bury your head in the sand, to, to be observant and to be educated and to form opinions and to make sure that where you can affect change, you're affecting change. Mm-hmm. I think that the people that you surround yourself with are very important. So uh, to be honest with you, my kids, my, my kids probably don't know that there are kids in cages right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they did, they would have a lot of empathy for mm-hmm. that. And, uh, I, th- I think that, it, uh, it's really, really, really important to do what you can to affect change where you can, because in the current political climate and the current system that we're under, um, we're, we're not affecting that as a people. Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to be able to. It's built against that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't agree with me. A lot of people go and vote. I don't vote. I'll just go ahead and put that out there. Mm. I refuse to vote. My, me not voting is me casting a vote, along with half the American people. 
I mean, we, when we elect a president, 25% of the, of the American people are electing that president. Right. The Electoral <laughs> College idea is, 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 bulk, <coughs> is, a, is a bunk idea. So I, uh, I, I don't know. As far as the grand scheme of things, modern politics, my kids don't know a ton about that. Oh, we don't we don't watch twenty four hour news networks because I'm against twenty four hour news networks, and um, they are. I, I encourage them to read, mm-hmm. read a lot. If you have questions about it, uh, figure out what your answer is. Don't just come up with it out of out of thin air, mm-hmm. but Talk to people. Read about right now. You know, my oldest is reading a lot of World War II stuff, and he's he's seeing things in modern times. And he's like, "This seems kind of familiar to me," you know. <laughs> um, and and he's asking questions, and, and I'm really stoked about that. That's good. Um, I don't know if there. I, I don't know that I actually answered your question. I think you did answer okay. my question actually. And I'm, well, that's a that's a that's a type of question that because um, we were talking everything that I kind of just wanted to spur on you. So you know you know if, it, if that felt uncomfortable, I apologize. It wasn't, no, that was it, my, it, it doesn't. It, it was all. just what there's I, not an answer. There was not a straight answer. I just wanted to know, like for a man that you you take great pride in 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 showing the trueness and the rawness of the world. And the and the passions of everything. I wanted to see also as a as a man who's a father of four. How are you instilling the next generation? Because that's what I'm afraid of. Of this, what's this next generation going to do after what I have seen and what the powers that be and the everything? And when we finally go away, like I like a lot of like sci-fi and futuristic stuff. Like even though it you know started in the 80s and 90s, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. And I'm watching Star Trek Voyager. And even though it takes place in the future, the ideas of just like the space travel or the idea of just like a federation of planets or other country, other other planets, other systems and all these alien races and how they all get together and the interactions with that. Like, what is that happening with us that we've almost gone backwards? Where's the forward momentum? Where's, what's the next generation and the next generation I'm, after that one? Like, what are they going to do? Like, I'm always interested in that. I'm not afraid for the next generation. I'm not either. I think they're going to kill it. I think so. I think, uh, um, I wrote a song. It says, it's got a line that says, we can build new standards and burden the old ones down. And I believe, I believe that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, it's going to break. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sooner or later. And, uh, and I don't think that our current political climate is the worst place that we've ever been either. I'm not like the wool's not over my eyes about that. Mm-hmm. It's very cyclical. Mm-hmm. And so and we've survived before. We'll survive again. I think so. I think I, I'm a big firm believer of burning things down again to rebuild them bigger and stronger and better than before. Oh. And that's something that I, I believe that and I think this is where we're at right now. This is a burned down moment. I think it's time to build bigger and better and stronger. Again, and yeah. and and I and I like, I like what things are going. Um, hopefully, I'm hopefully like where things are going to be going right. is better is a better statement. Yeah, it's always feels it always feels so huge and uh, and and scary and depressing when you're in the thick of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know you look back, you know, twenty years later, and it's like, oh, yeah, we weathered that just fine. It wasn't nearly as big as we thought. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to make light of anything no. that's happening now. No. I'm just saying. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll handle it in stride. Mm-hmm. We always do. We will and, learn from and, it. And I mean, P 
people always do, you mm-hmm. know. Um, we just, we really got to work together, you mm-hmm. know. We really got to be listening to one another. Empathy, 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 mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. I like it. I like it. I'm, I, I think I'm going to wrap it up at that at that point. I think empathy is the, the biggest thing for that. So, uh, whatever is going on with your life and everything, um, this is time to cheap plug and everything. Uh, if we want to get in touch with uh, Ryan Kerr, how do we do so? Oh, um, yeah. I'm on, I'm on Instagram at Ryan Kerr Music and Facebook, Ryan Kerr Music. Uh, if you want to email me, it's Ryan Kerr Music right. at gmail.com. Super simple. Uh, yeah, I, I can, uh, I'm not as able to help out with, with booking shows in the Fort Wayne area as I used to be. I used to book at venues and stuff and I don't do that now. Um, at least for now, but, uh, yeah, if you're coming through and you need some help, you can get a hold of me and I'll try to point you in the right direction. And if you would like me to come and play wherever you play music, I would love to do that. I'm sure we should get together. Absolutely. Ryan, you're a beautiful human being. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thank, uh, thank you for uh, coming out. Do you got anything else to add? No, I, I just really appreciate yeah. this. I, I, it's, uh, it's really cool. I, uh, I love Toledo. I think that, uh, the people, uh, I just keep meeting really cool people from Toledo. I just love this place and, uh, it's cool. You know, the more, the more you travel and the more you meet like-minded folks. And I guess you just start feeling like, uh, you know, we're not as divided as, as it feels like we are. No, we're, we're together on a lot of stuff and it's pretty damn cool. Awesome, man. I really do appreciate it. Of course, if you want to get in touch with Bigfoot Studios, uh, hit up Travis uh, and his uh, social media as well in this beautiful studio in downtown Waterville, Ohio, right outside the, uh, the greater Toledo area. If you want to get in touch with us on the podcast, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all the major podcast platforms. Of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's whatever that website is, backslash on the radar PC. Um, we got some deals with uh, Stupid Rad Merch Company. We, we have a Patreon if you want to go and donate a monthly fee for that as well. And uh, we got some rad things on the horizon. So thank you so much. Uh, I am Peapod. You are you. And don't fight it, feel it. And we'll talk to you next time. And thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the On the Radar podcast. <laughs>